Welcome, everybody, to the first official episode of R plus J equals podcast. I'm your host, Joe Gatdula, and with me is my lovely wife, Regina Gatdula. Hello. So, um, I'm not sure if any of you guys listened to the preview podcast. Please don't actually listen to that, but (laughs) I want to say a disclaimer. We're still really, really rusty at this. This is our first full episode, and in this episode, you're going to hear a lot of reactions of what we liked, what we didn't like in episode one. Is that right, Regina? That is absolutely correct. Great. So uh, we'll work with the format as we go. We'll always be taking suggestions. Uh, This podcast will probably be around an hour or so, depending on how the conversation ebbs and flows. But we're going to start by getting into specifically what we liked. So the first thing that we're going to talk about is the actual intro, the mm-hmm. aria as Walder Frey cold open. So what did you think about that? Well, this is full of spoilers. I'm kidding. So um, I actually really liked the cold open. I, I, we, Me and Joe actually had this conversation before, like, do we think it's going to have a cold open? Joe said no. I was like, hmm, I feel like they're going to they're gonna start it with something interesting. Um, I really enjoyed it. For half a second, I literally was like, literally half a second, I was like, wait, don't tell me Walder Frey did not die. Yeah. But then I kind of figured out what was going on, especially when yeah. he, she brought the wine girls out and just the look on his face. Um, I really, really liked what she said about the North Remembers and also just recapping how, I guess, shameful it was by saying you killed a pregnant woman with a baby inside her and a mother of five. So I really enjoy that. I think she's super badass, super cool. But she still also has a slight, you know, still uh, compassion because she didn't have the child wife drink the wine. Um, For me, I think a lot of other people thought this as well. I thought right at the very beginning of the scene, this might be a flashback to the Red Wedding. Mm. I thought maybe they're going to show the scene in Walder Frey's eyes, like from his specific point of view, for the very first like half a second. And then once it actually gar- started to get into the actual scene, I'm like, oh, it's Arya, and she's totally just going to kill all of them. It, it, it kind of reminded me how I felt about when I was watching the Red Wedding totally opposite like it the scene's happening and then you kind of notice that something is fishy something is weird and then you get a little worried this was the complete opposite it was like oh god why is he back oh wait no yes yes instead of the impending doom that you were getting from the red wedding is impending joy in a sadistic way it's like oh oh we know what's gonna happen here and they're all just gonna like die really right it was obvious that it was going to be poison so yeah um the next thing that we really liked essentially we liked the first 30 minutes a hundred percent game of thrones came out swinging obviously with that cold open into the intro i loved the white walker scene essentially they were shown only for about 30 seconds but it was actually bran going into his warg or whatever three-eyed raven powers to see them marching towards uh westeros Mm-hmm. The one thing we all saw, I personally was expecting to see Hodor's body, <laughs> but maybe that's a little soon. Um, I do still predict that we might see Hodor's body walking down just a to cameo. see. cameo? Some... Yeah, a cameo. 
um, to see him again. Uh, the the giant zombie yeah. is a big deal, and that's going to be scary. I don't yeah. know what's going to be able I, to take him down. I really like this scene because even though it was just sounds of wind and I guess no, it was still so powerful. Yeah. Just the just the magnitude of the army that they had, even though they didn't show everything, it just was like so threatening and yeah. dooming and just like, oh, shit. Yeah, like the just the visuals overall, them coming through like mm-hmm. the wind and the fog and the snow, it just looked really, really nice. Yeah. Um, the fact that it went into Bran's actual like warging or whatever, mm-hmm. that was really cool because much we're, we're they didn't dilly dally at all yep. bran is at the wall right and shout out to dolores ed yep. i must say and i don't know if anybody else thought this but i just thought he looked so much better yeah, he's like, looking good he's bulked up maybe a little yeah. bit he's, he's like i'm the night's watch uh, what is his, that called the lord commander he, i gotta have some more screen presence he looked good his face just looked more full so i was yeah. like very like new improved dolores yeah um, next up, it went straight into the Jon Snow sequence. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the same room where he was declared the king of the north, now he's doing more kingly things. Yes. So I have a lot of feelings about this scene. My first feeling is I am really happy how Jon is portrayed now and coming into being kingly, being strategic, being, I guess, smart so far. You know, he held down his... Um, his fort when you know Sansa was arguing with him which I don't think she should have done in front of everyone I'm totally for her speaking her mind on the side but it just John had a point afterwards so I just really liked his presence and I liked his logic I do agree with his decision to have the Umber kid and the Karstark kid keep their home and pledge loyalty to him I just thought it was so kingly and it kind of reminded me and i'm going to shout out to lord of the rings like he's kind of becoming a little bit like aragon and that's what i want to see this season yeah the one thing right when sansa spoke up that was immediately we all rolled our eyes i think (laughs) yeah both of us we're concerned that this is going to be the one really dumb plot line Mm -hmm. but in this podcast we're not going to do long sweeping theories or anything like that because regina doesn't really like to do grand theories, but we've already discussed that my personal opinion is that she's kind of playing with Littlefinger. I don't mm-hmm. think she's actually ever going to betray uh, John. I think she's making these grand statements in front of the big audience because Littlefinger's there and she's going to play him like a fiddle and essentially stab him right in the face. I mean, at the moment, she was very disinterested in talking to him. Yeah. But I mean, I think... The scene afterwards when John and Sansa were having their one-on-one conversation. And I really appreciated what she told him, though. She basically said, don't be stupid. You have to be smarter than father. You have to be smarter than Rob. Which is exactly what I was complaining about John in the previous two seasons, his ditziness. So I really appreciated her saying what we were, were all thinking. Don't be stupid, John. Don't make these stupid mistakes. So I, I, I'm a little concerned of how dismissive they are with each other. She dismisses him. He dismisses her. They just need to figure out their relationship. Yeah. They need to figure out each other's place in each other's lives and just kind of take each other's advice versus, 
You know, I think with John, he dismisses Sansa because she hasn't had experience with the White Walkers. So he feels like he needs to take this whole thing on his own versus Sansa feels like John doesn't have experience on Westerosi politics. So they just need to listen to each other. Yeah, they're they're like a weird married couple, even though they're No, I just think they're like brother and sister fight. Like, listen to me. No, you listen to me. It's like how brother and sister fight. Yeah, and we don't have time for any of that shit. Yeah. We don't want to see it. I don't think any viewers want to see anything about that. Um, Basically, hopefully it ends quickly in terms of that kind of controversy because there are bigger fish to fry both in the North and the South. Mm -hmm. Um, The next thing that we really liked was the Jamie Cersei scene. Mm -hmm. Shout out to that painter dude. We really want that. Floor mat. Yep, that floor mat or floor map. Floor map. I yeah, say whatever. floor map. Uh, we all want that uh, for our apartment, so I'm sure they're going to start making those totally. as, as rugs. rugs. Um, <laughs> that scene was really cool. Jamie is finally confronting Cersei on, mm-hmm. hey, we got to talk about Tom and he killed himself. You didn't fucking do anything about that. Uh, she, you don't care. And she had a so shitty cold. answer. Yeah. I mean, she's just very cold because I, I don't think she wants to approach that subject. She doesn't want to feel anything. I, I like that scene because they literally show the lay of the land where her enemies are. Are Because at the end of season six, I was like, oh, man, she basically has no one. But they basically pointed it out of who's against her. And I, I really like that. Yeah. I like Jamie's facial expressions if you watch it in the background, especially when she's like that murdering whore Sansa. His face kind of is just like, oh my God, get over it kind of thing. So I just really liked the conflict that's happening between them. Yeah. The and tension. I think we all hope that Jamie does something about it, but we'll see. Um, next up, Tormund and Brienne. Quick talk about this one. <laughs> Obviously, everybody loved the looks that Tormund gave Brienne. I know. Uh, loved the little <laughs> distraction that Brienne got from uh, while fighting against uh, Podrick. Poor Pod. And then Pod just gets punched straight in the stomach and thrown into the snow. But that's awesome. <laughs> that was pretty rough. Uh, that was a hilarious scene. And then uh, one more. The Hound. Yes. So I really enjoyed and appreciated this scene because of just character development i think for the past few episodes including the battle of the bastards and the winds of winter everyone's been so caught up on plot and just things happening and big battles and big explosions versus they actually took some time to show some character change and a character arc so the hound for me started off as this grumpy old guy not old but grumpy guy who had really no compassion and then here you see him feeling guilt, I yep. think, for what he did to the father and the daughter for stealing their money and then leaving out basically screwed to die. Yep. Um, and I just really thought it was such a strong, heavy moment when he yeah. was burying them. It just was like, wow, I definitely see this change. It's so. almost a complete 180. Sure, we're going to see him maybe be selfish here and there, but we all know that's a front. We all yeah. know... The Hound is a good person Cynical. inside, right. and he wants to do the best thing. Uh, one thing that was kind of funny to me uh, about the Hound's overall scenes is when he starts looking in the fire. Wait, quickly, shout out to Beric Dondarrion, because that dude is a badass. Yes. His, him as an actor, he has such screen presence and a great voice. He reminds me of an, a younger Alec Guinness, Obi-Wan Kenobi. He's awesome. Yeah. But back to the point, when... T- the hound was looking into the fire. I 
thought it was thought to myself it was kind of funny. Most people when they look into the fire, they like don't say anything and they're like, "Oh my gosh, I see this." The hounds just straight up seeing, "Oh yeah, I see this castle." Uh, there's, it's at, the, it's at the wall, there's like zombies and shit, and they're at the river. I know I got the GPS coordinates, so this is where we're going to go. Um, they sent me an email of where we're actually going to go, so we're, we've got the plot coordinates I mean, he was set. pretty descriptive in exactly yeah. what he saw, so that was good. Yeah. I, that was, that was just a funny moment to me. But like we said, overall, The Hound was one of the best moments of this uh, premiere and his humanizing moments, the the burial of those bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're in store for big things from him. Hopefully he doesn't die. <laughs> Can I just say one thing going yeah. back to Arya just really quickly? Yeah. A very small thing that I really liked. It wasn't even part of the episode. When they were doing it previously on Game of Thrones and they showed the cut of her cutting Walder Frey's throat and yeah. right after immediately intercut with Catelyn getting her throat. I just thought that was just done so yeah. well. So I'm just going to give a shout out to that. Oh yeah, for sure. Shout out to the whoever does the promos for the previous episode. <laughs> um, all right, so next up, what we didn't like. And first <laughs> off, Ed Sheeran's fucking ugly face. <laughs> this like mutant gremlin looking motherfucker sitting up in our Game of Thrones. Look, when they announced the cameo, I was like, oh, they're not dumb enough to like like just throw him straight up in the yep. middle of the episode and like have his stupid face and like, a talking show up. part. But no, instead, what happened? You they predicted actually this. gave him a speaking part and not, a singing not part. Not to be prejudiced against his ugly face. I just thought the scene was good. Um, because uh, you get to understand that not all Lan- people who fight for the Lannisters are terrible people, but he was just so distracting. It, it was like, that's Ed Sheeran. It totally took me out of the element. And the fact that, look, you can have the song, you could have him as a cameo, but don't linger the camera yeah. on his face. Like, everybody knows what he looks like. Everybody pretty much knows who Ed Sheeran is. So you don't need to, you could have done it in a more subtle way. It was just very distracting. It's like putting Taylor Swift in the middle of Game of Thrones in the throne room and she's singing a song. It's like, that's Taylor Swift. Yeah, it, he he didn't have to be next to Arya giving her like a piece no. of a rat or rabbit or whatever. He didn't have to be literally have his face there. They've done plenty of musician cameos yeah. in a very tasteful way already. I don't know why they did this this way. It kind of, it was just weird. It, it was, was just really weird. weird and I, I, there was a lot of funny tweets about yeah. it on the internet today. Yeah. I think one of my favorite ones were like, top three people I would like to see die on Game of Thrones. Three, Joffrey, two, Ramsey, and then one was Ed Sheeran. Yeah. <laughs> so it wasn't very well received. Yeah, so another thing that was weird and disgusting <laughs> was... Um, the shit scene. I'm surprised we went this entire podcast so far without without doing shit puns. <laughs> but I think 25% of this episode was just shit, literally. I, as someone who's expecting, yeah. it was extra worse for me to watch this. I literally gagged the entire time that they were doing this. Like, you could, like, I get it. Like, the job is shit. Like, the routine sucks. It's it's like having a terrible internship. But they didn't have to show adult yeah. feces multiple. Over and over and over, over again. Over and over, and over like, again. That's one thing 
it also goes with the Ed Sheeran thing. It's just random and kind of juvenile. Their fart humor that they've yeah. done a, a couple times now in the last couple seasons. It it's just angering because we know the greatness of this show to to have it reduced sometimes. Maybe we're just being over overly serious because I actually think the the scene with the shit over and over again served a purpose. We we talked about it with some of our friends earlier. It fast forwarded it yep. through all of his mundane mundanity like that he goes through so we don't have to watch more and more Sam scenes. I, I just think it went a little too, too long. long. Yeah, like if they had that kind of rhythmic shit to soup, whatever, only for a couple, maybe 20 seconds, right. but it felt like it was like two minutes. I think Game of Thrones does a good job bringing realism to the you know what everyday life is in certain ways, how women are treated, how war is done what it does to women and children and what it's like to work in such a shitty job but it just it was for me just it was jarring it was unnecessary and it was disgusting yeah it was shitty (laughs) and that's the last time we'll ever talk about it and hopefully the last time we ever see it on screen um overall sam scenes hopefully yeah he did some stuff but I think he got the most screen time. I and just did it, not. That's annoying. I did not enjoy Sam. Yeah. If you guys heard the previous podcast, I didn't like any of his scenes in season six. They were just boring. Yeah. And what's good about this episode overall is we're at the point where most of the care, all of the characters and all the scenes relate to the end of the story, relate to the plot. There aren't that many side plots, or there aren't any side plots like uh, what's the name the dude in the the pope guy whatever from last the high sparrow there's Ugh. no like stupid side plots like that that aren't gonna have to do well with that anything. wasn't even a side plot though that was a main plot it, but it was didn't just didn't have to ridiculous. do with like the final daenerys versus king's land fair uh, okay her, yeah but sure this did but sam's plot seems to be like the one that's kind of an outlier and i just hopefully think, we've seen right as much as we need to about it maybe some messages come in from him um but hopefully we don't have to see much more. I think what I feel like would have been more interesting to watch Sam is him talking and playing with the baby or him talking to um, Gilly. Yeah. Gilly didn't even get a yeah, line, did she? Yeah, she? she got like know. two lines. She read a title of a book. So I just feel like that would have been more interesting than us seeing the shit scenes. Yeah. I did like him talking to, I say, Professor Slughorn because yeah. I don't know his Jim name Broadbent. in Game of Thrones. I really liked it because it was, you know, they they were alluding to the wall. And the first thing that I thought of, which some people didn't think of when he mentioned the restricted area or section, I was like, shout out to Harry Potter. I don't know if it was intentional, but a lot of other people thought it because when I think of a restricted area in a library, the first thought is Harry Harry Potter. Potter. Yeah. So. Um. I think the last thing that we didn't like that might be a little controversial, we didn't really enjoy that final scene with Daenerys. Yeah, I thought it felt a little flat to yeah. me. It felt a little flat. Personally, I thought they were trying to recreate the emotion from the end of last season mm-hmm. with her sailing it on her boats, finally Which on the way to... Which was a great yeah, feeling. The music swelling, finally on her way to Westeros. But they took... It was just a little too long for us. Um... I, From her setting, like landing on the beach to, oh, it's like, oh, that's a cool moment. And then it's like, oh, we're going to open this first right. door. And then we're going to go to stairs. And then we're going to open another door. And then we're going to see the throne. And then we're going to go through another door. Right. Like, it was, 
they need to show restraint sometimes and know when to pull back certain things and right. when to just swell the music and end the episode. I really thought it was, I actually rewatched the scene because I just wanted to just rewatch it. I thought it was powerful when she got up, when you see the three dragons, because I'm like, oh my God, there's finally dragons in Westeros. But you see the three dragons, you see her touch the sand. That was powerful. But her going through the throne room, was kind of like, I've never seen this throne room. Where was the throne room yeah. in the previous season? Why was Stannis not sitting on that badass <laughs> throne versus spending all his time in, you, you know, well, where that table is? Well, I'll tell you why he was spending all his time where that table <laughs> is. And note to everybody, uh, that's where he had sex with Melisandre all the time. So, And I bet nobody ever cleaned that no, place after, she, so they were going to find all does- the... Yeah, she definitely felt that table up. It's like, oh, my God, we know what was done there. But I just felt like a huge disconnect. I think if they shown the throne room, they shown dialogue, thrown activity in it in the previous seasons, it would have been more compelling to be like, wow, Daenerys is in this room where there was so much going on versus me. I'm like, oh, there's this room. It's a cool throne room, but I have no connection to it whatsoever. Yeah, maybe we're being a little too nitpicky because we were expecting Game of Thrones to come out like with some big event. We said it in the the preview episode. I thought, hey, it's been off air for a year and three months. Maybe they're going to say, we'll we'll open it up with a big action sequence, right? Or something. Even something as shocking as last season's Final a first episode where we found out Melisandre was really an old lady. That was jarring and shocking. And a Nobody really, could beat that yeah. scene. <laughs> and it was a really cool ending. So we were hoping for that. Um, if you guys watched the inside the episode, they said that the cold open was actually somewhere else in the episode originally. Yeah. But they saw Walder Frey's uh, performance and they pushed it to the beginning for the Which I open. liked the cold open. I like how it started, like yeah. we said earlier. It just, again, I thought Danny going through Dragonstone, it just felt a little long. Yeah. I was like, okay, you're walking. I would have preferred just something more explosive, at least a little bit at the end. Or they could have just ended with the dragons and her touching the sand and her being in the in the room with the table. Yeah. And that would have been fine for me. That's this is this scene overall is just an example of less is more. Like if you just give it a little like you don't need that much breathing room this time. Just like Cut it like the emotions are there. We're ready to go. Right. So that's our overall recap. Now it's time for our favorite segment. Uh, We call it Send the Raven. Did you send the ravens? That was your job. Your only job. Reach out to us either on our Facebook channel or our personal Facebook pages or email or you can text us. (laughs) We'll probably message you asking you for questions. Um, But we had a pretty good showing in terms of questions for our first episode. Uh, We're going to start it off with Tina Charian, uh, Regina's sister. Uh, Did Cersei really understand that Arya is alive? We'll explain a little bit more. She didn't really seem to make it a big deal that one person killed all the phrase. Okay, I must mention that I apologize to my sister on this podcast because I don't know if I had pregnancy brain, but going back to the Sam scene and Jorah scene, I completely missed that that was Jorah. When he spoke, I thought his voice sounded familiar and I was like, who is, oh my God, who is this person? And when he stuck out his arm, it just wasn't 
the grayscale on his arm from last year that I remember. So I, I was really confused. So when I was talking to my sister, she told it to me. And I thought it was a spoiler. But then everybody was like, no, you're supposed to know that. This is just one so example of Regina's huge spoiler phobia. Sorry, but, I apologize. Yeah. But anyway, so to tackle this question, so did Cersei really understand that Arya is alive? So this kind of goes with, I don't, well, she, nobody knows it was Arya. Yeah, so, Arya just says... Say that the North, the North remembers and Winter came for the House Frey. Yeah. So, what kind of gets me in the inconsistency with the Jamie and Cersei conversation is Jamie says that he doesn't, whoever killed the Freys is not our allies. I yeah. think it would have been more under, it would have been better essentially if he just said, someone from the North killed the allies. Yeah. Obviously, it's whoever just, passed the message. Yeah is going to report back that they were poisoned and the message was left that the North remembers. So who else would want to kill House yeah. Frey other than the North? So was, it's just a little weird. That was a weird inconsistency. To try to directly answer the question, I don't think anybody knows Arya is alive. No. Nobody in the whole Westeros knows that Arya is alive. No. And they don't know that one person did this. Yeah. I think the yeah. women that were there, they probably just freaked out or yeah. people thought they were crazy. Yeah. So the next question from Romel Calderon. Uh, where the frack is Nymeria? Nymeria. Yep. Shout out to Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> um, basically, if none of you guys remember, Nymeria is Arya's wolf. Yep. Right? She's the only one who's unaccounted for because the rest of them are dead other than Ghost. Who's Ghost could be dead. <laughs> he's just hanging out sleeping somewhere off screen because he's really expensive. He's got high appearance fees. Um <laughs> Spoiler alert, if you don't watch the teasers for the next episode, uh, there was a... I think she's in the next episode. There could, is definitely a yeah, wolf. Yeah, there's definitely a wolf that's not ghost. And who knows, maybe it's just like some kind of vision. But um, she'll be there. I mean, yeah, we don't we don't know. But I said this in the previous practice um, podcast that I have a huge feeling that she's going to be reunited. But it's going to be a little interesting because there are, there are a few articles that say that the wolves are really expensive because they have to actually get a real wolf and they have to get a trainer and all of that. So even if she does get reunited with Nymeria, how much is Nymeria really going to be on the screen? Yeah. So it could and, be a vision. And what are they even going to do together? Is she gonna, Kill people. Is she going to ride the wolf and like go into <laughs> battle? Anyways. Um, so we, we know she'll be in the next episode probably. Yeah. Um, cool. So the next question from Taylor Grimes. What's the priceless gift? The priceless gift is the what Euron Greyjoy is offering to um, Cersei for her hand in marriage. It says bear cock. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's what he said last year. Yeah, that's true. Um, the the priceless gift, Regina thinks it's Tyrion. I do think it's Tyrion because I don't really know what other gift he would bring her. Yeah. She's already queen. I mean, the only thing she really needs is to kill her younger well, brother. I thought it's either Tyrion or just like all the boats or something. Like they're just going to hijack the rest of the boats, but I don't know. He already said that he had a thousand ships, so yeah. it didn't really... Yeah. It doesn't really make sense. So 
Um, but yeah, it's his cock. That's the answer. Yeah. Uh, Rena Ayalora, Regina's other sister, says, if all three dragons are male, how are they going to reproduce? It's so funny because me and Joe actually had this conversation a couple of weeks ago because I actually asked the same question. I wanted to remind myself, wait, are these dragons boys or are they girls? So they're all boys. They're named after Rhaegar Targaryen, uh, Viserys Targaryen, and Khal Drogo. Yep. So they're all males, but um, they're the last of the dragons. So they're not going to reproduce. Once they die, they're dead. They're gone. It's over. Yep. No more dragons. So hopefully they don't die. Yeah. Um, no more reproduction. <laughs> uh, this will be a dragonless world after those ones die. I hope they don't sad. die. Yeah. Um, next question from Kevin Chan. Oh, sorry. Next question from Taylor Grimes. Another one. How can we get more fiber into the meal planet at the Citadel? Quick answer here. I'm pretty sure they have enough fiber. I didn't think viscosity was a problem. <laughs> I agree. That's gross. They needed some Pepto-Bismol, that's yeah. for sure. Anyways. Oh, gross. Uh, Kevin Chan asks, who is Euron's stylist and what, and why are they the best in Westeros? Completely agree with this. Skinny jeans and all. Skinny jeans, leather jacket, and and Tony pointed out guy liner. Yes. He, and he straight lost, up the punk rock king of Westeros. He lost so much weight. Dude I, is a badass. I mean, I wanted that jacket. It was super cute. The, the, and his stand, his stand, he was kind of had this little kneel. <laughs> it was, you know, this little like lean back kind of feel. And His I, swagger just in general. He's like, yo, I, was, I got two hands and I'm ready to fuck. Let's I know, do it. I know a lot of people that took them out of the element. I totally get it. Like who wear skinny jeans in Westeros. But I kind of liked it. It was um, just something different and refreshing. So I'm going to guess that his stylist... Is that dude who reproduced? What's that guy's? The mountain. The mountain. Kyburn. Oh. Kyburn. He's super. Kyburn's really goth, right? He likes to. They all went goth. Yeah. Even the oh Queen's yeah. Army. Yeah, that's why. See, Kyburn's goth. He's like, all right, we're gonna make everybody's armor black. He's like, I'm gonna sit in my room and listen to Slipknot, and then, um, what's his name? Euron got wind of that. He's like, all right, I gotta dress goth too. I mean, I, I, I was kind of feeling it. It was a little, like, what is he wearing? But I thought it was kind of cool. So another music-related... Oh, sorry. This is another, another Euron-based thing. Are, from Tony Manorino, are you going to Euron's Nine Inch Nails cover band show this weekend? Yes, Yes, we're going. I'll go, because I kind of... awesome. I like them. Yeah. Um, next up from Gus Moreno, is Shape of You the next Reigns of Castamir? I hope not. <laughs> uh, maybe for you, Gus, when you play it before you kill people at a wedding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ed Sheeran ruined that scene. Next question from Tom Preet. Um, will Arya's direwolf, Nymeria, come back, and what role will it play in Arya's quest for revenge? I think we, we tackled this yeah. question earlier. I think... I, I don't know. I, I think they're going to be reunited if it's through a vision or if it's through real life. We'll see. We'll find out next episode, clearly. Look, if Arya has a wolf and she can change faces, she's an unstoppable killing machine. Yeah. And we're all hoping for that. But the funny thing is, if you think... I was reading a story about this. If you think about stories like this... I just said like this twice. If you think about 
fiction and people who are hell-bent on revenge, it doesn't usually end super well for them, right? No. They're never going to have a happy ending. They're going to end up, like, depressed or dead themselves. Yeah. Yeah, I I do think Arya will get her revenge, at least most of it. We know she's going she's for gotten, Cersei like, now. She's 75% yeah. of it. That one scene with Ed Sheeran did have a good thing. We know she's headed to, he- uh, to King's Landing for Cersei's head. What if she takes Ed Sheeran's face and we have to live through another Ed Sheeran cameo? <laughs> I'm hoping that... I am going to freak the fuck out. I'm hoping the next episode, literally, it's just Arya and... And Ed Sheeran's the, ugly face. Ed Sheeran's body, he's dead already. And then, yeah, she takes his face. And the rest of the season, <laughs> it's Ed Sheeran as Arya. Oh, my God. And she's just singing, like, while walking. Maybe the showrunners are huge fans of Ed Sheeran. So they were like, we have to give him a big part. <sighs> All right, no more Ed Sheeran. Um, next up from Dave Gamblin. Why do you think the Lord of Light is showing everyone the wall? He's he's tired of procrastinating. He's he's watched seven seasons of the sh- six seasons of the show. He's ready for everybody to the get Lord to the Lord of wall. Light is the internet. It is dark <laughs> and full of terrors. Um, I think the Lord of Light just needs to get the word out there that this shit's coming. He's gonna start not just using fire. He's gonna start using Snapchat. He's gonna buy some out of home advertisements. He's like, yo. Hit up that wall because these fucking zombies are on the way. He's going to buy some pre-roll advertisement. He's, he might sponsor our podcast. This podcast is sponsored by the Lord of Light. Everybody go to the wall. Um, it's interesting with the Lord of Light, too, because obviously we know that the White Walkers are bad. but And we know the Lord of Light isn't necessarily good. So yep. it's like good evil versus evil. So. Yeah. It's a little weird. We I, I want to learn more about the Lord of Light this season. I hope they show us more yeah. versus like this fire god that burns a bunch of people, including little girls. We'll see. I feel like that'll may, might be a season seven, uh, season eight focus. They've been building. They've been talking yeah. about Lord of Light since season two when Stannis was around. So I hope so. Next question from Deborah: uh, Was Jorah just a cheap cheap trick to make the audience jump? Or foreshadowing that he'll find his way back to Danny's side. So I, again, missed the whole Jorah boat when it, I first watched it. But I thought a lot about this question. And, I mean, it did make people jump. But, again, they just showed shit like three minutes ago. So it, I don't know. I don't think it was their huge intention as a cheap trick. I think I was really surprised, though, that Jorah came back so quickly. I thought yeah. he was done for in season six. I thought he might come back at the very last season just has a you know hey guys kind of like what happened with the hound Mm -hmm. so i'm really surprised that they brought him back so quickly so maybe he'll make the sam storyline interesting if they do continue showing sam scenes yeah uh i think he was gone by episode like five last season or six so he's been gone for a while he has but i just thought it would be a whole new season like a whole season jump before nice, we see though. him. I like to see him. I'm always a no. Big I'm a fan. huge Team fan Jorah. of Jorah. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I just was surprised he came back so quickly. So hopefully he'll make it a little bit more interesting. I I do think I don't think they're gonna him and Danny will be reunited all that quickly. I do think maybe next season he might be reunited. Hopefully he gets healed because it, why would you bring him back if he's just gonna die? Yeah, a grayscale no. person. So. I do think he'll get back to Daenerys. Yeah. I think he'll be part of the Hurricane's Guard. I, they'll cure the grayscale. He will shit. rule. He, she will have him by his side as she 
quote rules Westeros. Still friend zoned. Same same. Friend zone forever. Cool. Next question from Annie Poor. Who were those people the hound buried? She forgot if if it's old episodes, she she doesn't remember. So it's it was season I wanna say season four. Um it was when Arya was with the hound and they were I believe they just left the veil after finding out um Lysa. Rest, Rest in peace. Poor one out. Lysa, yeah, rest in peace. Lysa was dead. Um, so it was the father and the daughter. Daughter was very quiet and shy, but I all I remember is that the, the Hound and Arya were starving, and they ate up the rabbit stew very quickly. And then at the very a couple at the very end of the episode, the Hound kind of knocks over the father, steals all his silver, yeah. and then says, these guys will be dead by winter anyways, which is exactly what happened. They basically died by winter. Winter's here. I think the point was to just show the Hound's compassion, like yeah. I said earlier. Full 180, yeah. right? Yeah, totally. All right, last question from Leah Londono. Who will be the next major character to die? To die? Sansa. Yeah. Yeah, I'm still, I'm still, I mean, are we counting Theon has a major character? Yes. Okay. So anybody that anybody knows the first name of is a major character. Then I, I would say Theon uh, will die before the last episode. I think Sansa will die towards the end. Yeah. Um, I think it might be a Greyjoy, and I think it will be next episode. Wow. I think there will be a death next episode, and... I thought Theon hasn't served his full purpose, though. He is yeah. really the only connection, other than Tyrion, to Sansa and Jon. Do you count Euron as a main character? Now he is. Yeah. Last year he wasn't, but it seems like he's going to serve a certain purpose. But I, I actually, I have to see because Game of Thrones, as we all saw last year, I mean, they bring in characters like the ones from Dorne and they just kill them off. Like, you you thought the Prince of... Um, Oh, Prince Doran was gonna a yeah. main character. Oh, Doran. Doran. Oh yeah, was, yeah. I forgot about him. He's dead. Doran right. was a main character, but then he died the first episode. So I don't know if Euron is really considered a major character yet. I have to watch and see. Main character for me is like a legacy character. So. So main next major legacy character for you to die is Sansa. Still, you, you're still. No, alive. I think Theon will die before oh, okay. Sansa. Um. I think I'm I'm willing to count Asha Greyjoy. She's legacy. I think she's gonna die. You mean Yara? Yara. Sorry, whatever. Yara. Asha, Asha Greyjoy Asha is the book is name. The book name. It's because she's for, so much cooler in the books. For some reason, they change Asha's name to Yara, and I we and never figured out why. My bad. Yeah. So that wraps up our questions. Thank you, everybody. Once again, shout out to everybody for for sending their questions for the first episode. Make sure to follow our podcast Facebook channel and just watch out for posts asking for questions. So now we're getting into the last couple segments. Uh, Next up is who is the MVP of this episode for you? I'm going to say Liana Mormont. I think she was so badass standing up to these old grumpy people and telling them exactly what she thought was on her mind. Um, I... I thought it was a little, I, I I wasn't even shocked, but I was shocked in a way that I was like, dang, girl, you go, girl. I, 
I think her rise is continuing to happen, and mm-hmm. it's just a natural extension of what happened last season, right? Yeah. I mean, I just think she's so charming, and I just want to be her friend. <laughs> I want to be like her mentor, but then she'll end up mentoring me because she's so cool. <laughs> so, my MVP is Euron fucking Greyjoy. Rockstar. What a turnaround from last season. Last season, he's just like, I'm this guy. I'm going to throw a guy off a bridge. And I'm like, let's go kill my nephews and nieces. And it was like, yeah, you're kind of lame, dude. And then he comes in just dressed like a punk rocker. Making those jokes. I love jokes, Making fucking jokes about Jamie. And he's like, look, Cersei, I'm your man. I'm going to go fucking get this gift gift for you that's probably like your little brother. And then we're going to make babies. Yeah, he I... just had so much swag. And he was such a pleasant surprise. He owned the episode for me. I thought he definitely had a quick, like a, like a quite a 180. He, yeah. I was impressed and I, I enjoyed the scene. Yeah, he's yeah. a total asshole. I'm pretty sure he's a bad person, but he was just so so charismatic. Yeah, totally. And and I think after Ramsey had died, everybody's like, oh, we're running out of people that are entertaining and bad. But we couldn't have another Ramsey or Joffrey. Yeah. So they went a completely different direction yeah. away from just purely Pure sadistic evil. and yep. evil. And they just went like pure wrestling heel wrestling bad guy and he's super entertaining and you like to hate him yes i liked it in a weird way so the final segment of our podcast everybody we call these the dragonfire hot takes of the day so regina you go first my dragonfire hot take of the day is no more sam scenes i'm sorry for all you sam fans out there like if there's any, I like I said earlier, if I can't emphasize this enough, I'm just bored with his scenes. Unless they do something interesting with Jorah, unless he finds something more cool than a pile of dragon glass buried under Dragonstone, then fine. But I'm just, I'm a little over it. I'm glad they got over the fast, they did the fast forward so we don't have to watch him learning shit, learning shit and taking up shit. <laughs> so yeah, no more Sam scenes for me unless it's something m- more compelling. I hear you. So my hot take, it's pretty hot. It's piping hot, Dragonfire hot. Like Euron's outfit hot? Yep. Um, fuck Jamie Lannister. Lannister? Lannister. Fuck Jamie, <laughs> Jamie Lannister. He is the John McCain of Game of Thrones. He talks this talk. He's like, oh, I'm a maverick. I, I have a heart. I have compassion. But he doesn't do jack shit for oh, the world. Wow. Just like fucking John McCain. He's like, oh, I'm a good person. No, you're a fucking terrible person, John McCain. Anyways, Jamie Lannister, he's like, oh, yeah, blah, blah, blah. But no, he's going to probably fucking like defense or say he doesn't fucking do anything. He... He tries to like yell at Cersei about Tommen, and then she's like, "No, fuck that! He betrayed us." And then he's like, "Well, okay." Yeah, he's Jamie kind of a needs pussy. to step his ass up. Book Jamie was one of my favorite characters. You know what's funny when talking about Euron? I feel like that was kind of what Jamie was like in yeah. season one and two—that charismatic yeah. asshole. Euron's a little bit more over the top, but 
Yeah, Jamie kind of lost his flavor. Ever since but Jamie went to Dorn. It's interesting, and not to bring up the books again, but Jamie in the books is just a little, is so much more different than Jamie in the show. Jamie in the books is, you relate to him more. Here, you're still kind of like, man, this guy is still stuck on Cersei. And yeah. he's shady about, it's like you, do, like, he's a little two-faced. Like, he doesn't tell Cersei the entire truth. Mm-hmm. AKA, oh, I gave my sword to Brienne so Brienne could go help find Sansa slash Arya. AKA, I let Brienne get away. Right. And then at the same time, it's like, oh, Cersei, we're the only two people that matters. It's very confusing. They need to figure out what they're going to do with him. They need to make him more interesting again. Exactly. Versus this emo guy that kind of hangs out with Cersei looking at floor maps and then not fighting her on... Dude, let me talk about my dead kid. Like, I don't care if... Jamie, yeah. Yeah, grow some balls. Step your game up, Jamie. Your kids are dead. Your lover sister is fucking nuts off her mind. Step up like you did against the Mad King. Stab her in the fucking face. And you'll be a hero. Can you imagine the scene between Jamie and Euron? How much... There was so much more yeah. cares, charisma with charisma, Euron. Yeah. Jamie just stood there and kind of made these, again, facial expressions in the yeah. background. Like, oh, you know, I, I don't have one. Like, he just, it just was so boring. And if you think about it, it's kind of the writer's fault. They neutered him. Yes. They, they, they threw him to Dorne to have his Power Rangers style fights and terrible choreography and terrible sequences. He came back to Westeros, like, all neutered and, like, without any... I don't know, passion or like opinion about anything. I guess, He's just like, okay, I'll be your lapdog, Cersei. I'll right. do whatever you want. I thought Jamie going, you know, with Brienne when he was yeah. kidnapped by the Stark camp was you saw that character arc and that development, but then it's it just, stalled. It's stalled. It's, it's completely stalled. stalled. Yeah. So I hope that they actually make him interesting again. Well, it seems you agree with my dragon. I actually, take. you know, that's really good because I really didn't think about it. I liked the conversation between Jamie and Cersei, but now that you mentioned that Jamie's a little neutered, yeah. you're we'll right. See. We'll see. We'll see if he does it. And we'll see if all of you continue to listen to our podcast. We'd like to thank you guys for listening. We're ever improving. Yeah. Sorry if we've forgotten a lot of names. We're, we're, hu- we're only human. We're not Game of Thrones robots. We, we try our best. No, I just have pregnancy brain. Well, I also have pregnancy brain. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, tune in next Monday when we'll launch our episode for episode two. Thank you. Have a good night. Bye. Or good day.